Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Your baby is getting older. He used to have three naps a day, which were two hours long. Now, he is struggling to fall asleep during one of his usual times. He fusses and you're both miserable. And inevitably, he falls asleep two hours before bedtime. This is making you both cranky. How do you successfully drop a nap? This is Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here! So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group, guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm your host, Kristen Stratton, certified birth doula, postpartum doula, and owner of Indu Season Doula Services. If you haven't already, be sure to visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to our show through iTunes so you'll automatically get new episodes when they're released. Here's Sunny with details on how you can get involved with newbies. All right. So as you guys may know, we have changed the way we record our shows a little bit. And what's great about this is it gives parents all over the country, even all over the world, if you can access a link, if you've got a strong internet connection and either a desktop or laptop, you can join our shows. So we used to record in more of a, a studio type of environment and you kind of needed to be there in order to participate. But we've kind of opened the doors and we're real excited about this because it gives anyone the the opportunity to participate in our show. So if that sounds like something you'd like to do, uh, we would love to hear from you. And so there's a couple different ways you can do that. Uh, you can go to our website at newmommymedia.com and we've got some banners and stuff up on the site that indicate, hey, if you want to be a parent, there's here's you know how you join us. Click those links. It'll take you to an online form that you can fill out really quickly. It just gives our producers a little bit more information about you. So if we have a topic that we're working on that we think you'd be a good fit for, we can reach out to you. And there's also way you can reach out to us, and that is through our closed Facebook group. And so if you are on Facebook, this is a great group to join. It's where we post all of our topics and the times that we're going to be recording for all of our shows, not just for newbies, but for all of the new Mommy Media shows. And so if that's something that's of interest to you, go to our website for more information. And yeah, we'd love to get you involved and get you participating in the shows. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
All right. So before we dive into our conversation today, we had a comment from one of our listeners. And as you guys know, I'm always asking for your feedback on the show. So, you know, let us know whenever you've got a comment, perhaps it's, you know, a topic that we covered that you want more information about, or you've got a question about something that we said or whatever, let us know. We'll try to get these questions answered. And sometimes we get comments from listeners just about, you know, more general things with our show. And so this comment comes from Becky. And Becky, I really do appreciate you submitting this. And this is what she wrote. She says, I'm a regular listener of all your shows. I'm about 21 weeks pregnant. My husband and I both listen to a variety of podcasts, and he recently said he was out of episodes of his regular podcasts. I suggested he subscribe to Newbies because he's very interested in learning all he can about what's to come with our little one. However, when he saw the description said Newbies is a podcast guiding new mothers, he immediately dismissed the idea because he didn't think it would apply to him. Throughout the pregnancy, he has tried to get involved by downloading apps, looking at books, but it all seems to be geared towards women and this discourages him. Although I know from listening that Newbies is dad friendly, perhaps changing the description to say new parents might help the podcast seem more inclusive. Thanks for all the work you guys do on the podcast. They're great. Becky. So Becky, I wanted to address this a little bit and give you a little bit of reasoning behind why we did what we did there. So yeah, as you already know, all of our podcasts are really parent friendly. We try to make everything inclusive. But even when Kristen and I were first talking about creating newbies and what the show was going to be about, one thing we really went back to was we need more content that is just focused on moms. Now, the way we've kind of set up the episodes, what we try to do when we're planning out our episodes is have it be at least 50-50. We try to aim for that and 50% focused content that's focused on caring for mom and mom's you know body and her personal well-being and wellness and the other half focused more on caring for baby. And so that's kind of, you know, our ratio of what we try to do with this. But actually with newbies, we really wanted, we really felt like we were so kind of balanced with the other shows, we really wanted to reach out to specifically moms with this show. So I understand where you're coming from on that. What I would say is, you know, if there is an episode, please share it with your partner. I think that's fantastic. I think they're probably going to get a little bit more out of the content. Like we're talking today about naps. That's very much for moms and dads. Um, We're talking a lot right now about postpartum depression, and that could also help dads. But the content, when we when we talk in the show, it's really geared towards the moms. We, we were like speaking like right to the moms. So it was intentional with our way to say, hey, this is for moms, just because so much of our content is for everybody. So Becky, thanks so much for sending this in. Hopefully we gave you kind of a, a good breakdown of our reasoning for that. We appreciate you listening to our shows. It's awesome. And, uh, and your feedback. It's great. If you guys have a comment, out there, please send it to us. Again, you can email us, send it through the website, and we'll answer it on a future show. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
Today on Newbies, we are discussing how to adjust to our baby's sleep transitions. Our expert is Jen Varela, certified gentle sleep coach and owner of Sugar Night Night in San Diego, California. Thanks for joining us, Jen, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I always love being on with you guys. We love it too. (laughs) Well, so Jen, what do normal and healthy sleep patterns look like for infants? So when you talk about infants, that can go from four months to 11 months is kind of how the uh, national source for sleep foundation defines that. So newborns would be from like zero to three months. I, I imagine that gets defined in different places differently. So For today, maybe we can just go, okay, newborns is up to three months, and then infants is from four to 11. So newborns, um, when they first come into the world, they'll they'll sleep um, at night anywhere between 9 and 12 hours, and then during the day, combined nap total, somewhere between 2 and 6. So they're getting anywhere between, you know, 15 and 17 hours in a 24-hour time, and they are probably taking multiple naps, you know, could be as many as four, could be as many as six, and their sleep will really fluctuate. So you're going to get long stretches, and then you get short stretches. So usually around six to eight weeks is when you might see the nighttime start to lengthen. So what's interesting to me is it's more about awake windows than it is about how much like sleep they're getting in on the 12 hour clock. So one of the key pieces when they first come in the world is that 90 minute window. So Dr. Polly Moore talks about this and basically the amount of time a a little one can be awake when they first are born is maybe an hour and then it'll stretch to like 90 minutes, an hour and a half. So typically it's more about watching when they wake to start their day, you add 90 minutes, then that's where the next sleep will happen. And that sleep could be 20 minutes. That sleep could be (laughs) two hours and then they'll be awake. And then you're going to watch that 90 minute of awake time. And then you give them the opportunity to sleep again. So you're going to see bedtime sometimes is at 10 o'clock. Sometimes bedtime's at nine o'clock because you'll have an evening, an evening nap, if you will. And then as you're getting close to somewhere around three months, you're going to start to see that, oh, they're really fussy now in that time. And so now that you don't really have an evening nap anymore, and now you're actually starting bedtime probably somewhere between six and eight o'clock. So in the beginning, the naps, since this is all about naps and normal health patterns, in the very beginning, it's mostly um, about awake windows and a greatly fluctuating what naps look like, short and long an evening nap, you know. So that's that kind of gives you, at least from a newborn perspective, what's happening. And how is sleep related to developmental milestones a baby achieves in their first year of life? So I love this topic. And the reason why I love this topic is because when you think about it from their perspective um, with developmental milestones, REM sleep, R-E-M, so active sleep, it's where it's rapid eye movement sleep. This is where you take information from the day and you put it into long-term memory. So REM dreaming allows us to process daytime emotional experiences and transfer recent memories into long-term storage. Isn't that cool? When you have a little one who's going through rolling over or sitting up or scooting or crawling, right? Or standing and, and then, you know, around 12 months, maybe walking, they are spending a lot of time in REM sleep when they're working on those developmental milestones. 
So our typical sleep cycle is 90 minutes as adults. So it's 30 minutes REM and 60 minutes non-REM. So non-REM is like when their little bodies are like noodles, right? They're, they're all just super relaxed. And so what's happening is, is if they're spending more time in REM sleep, which is the shorter cycle of sleep, then what's going to happen is you're going to have more night awakenings. So you can't make the brain go any faster (laughs) than they're going with organizing that information. So that's why you'll see milestones related to, to sleep issues as far as increased night awakenings, as well as, and we can maybe talk a little bit about this further in, but with toddlers, that developmental milestone around 18 months they actually um, figure out how to will themselves not to take a nap. (laughs) And so now they're nap striking. So it is interesting how developmental milestones have a very much have an effect on sleep. And throughout their first year of life, how much total sleep do infants usually need? The overall total sleep doesn't change that much in the first year. More what's happening is nap organization. So off of the National Sleep Foundation, They'll say from newborns, so that's zero to three months, they need between 14 and 17 hours. And then with infants, where they say it's from four months to 11 months, they're saying it's it's 12 to 15 hours. So it's not that those numbers are that different. It's about the ability to stay awake for longer periods of time between naps. And the number of naps will decrease. So where a newborn might be taking four to six naps, then a four to five month old might be taking four naps. And then by the time we get to six months, we're typically getting down to three naps. So it's, it's not that the overall sleep number changes terribly, you know, much, but it's more about the awake windows and number of naps. And what do the early naps look like, the zero to three? Again, they'll be 20 minutes to two hours, you know, and it, and the number of naps can vary. So you might have like, well, today was a four nap day and tomorrow is a five nap day. So it super fluctuates from baby to baby. And I will tell you with some temperaments of babies, they are taking in so much information who has time to nap. And so they might not even give you those signals to indicate that it's time for a nap. Um, they can kind of push through them. So that's where, again, watching the awake window, that 90-minute window is, is a key thing to do. Jen, I have a question. Is it strange for kids to kind of skip this, like, four, five, whatever? I mean, nap schedule, because I feel like my kids never really, well, maybe my twins a little bit did the two, but I tell you, my boys, they were always like one solid nap a day. Whenever people talk about multiple naps in the morning, I just totally, I I don't relate to it at all because my kids just didn't do that. And I'm just wondering why. (laughs) So that's where I think you have to go, okay, here's what we know about, you know, how the brain organizes sleep and structure and all that. And then there's, you know, different individuals, right? So there's even like stack sleepers where they they consolidate sleep cycles together so they don't need as much sleep as, you know, the average bear does. So what I find is interesting is you can make up for night sleep with naps, but you can't make up for nap sleeps with night. So you can't go 13 and a half hours of uh, night sleep and then do a 30-minute nap and have that be what the brain needs <laughs> is the brain needs to take that information, put it in long-term memory. So there was a study done by a university in Germany 
where they taught a six-month-old and 12-month-old groups how to put um, a puppet on, take the puppet off, and make the bell ring on the puppet. And then one group got to take a sleep right after, and the other one had an extended period of time before they could take a sleep. And then they came back the next day to see what the recall was in the first 90 seconds of showing them the um, puppet again. And did you know that only the babies that had taken a sleep right after remembered how to do it? So that does tell you that there does seem to be some limits to how much short-term memory (laughs) you can hold on to stuff before it needs to go into long-term memory um, through REM sleep. So I get it. There's, you know, you know when your baby's overtired. Is your baby like falling asleep in the car? Every time you get in the car, do they yawn? Are they cranky? At the end of the day, are they losing it, right? Because they're having a cortisol surge. Just because your baby can push through that sleep window doesn't necessarily mean that that's optimum. Right. So you do have to take a look at each individual baby and, and make sure that they're thriving, right? So when do those naps start to spread out in length and how often and how long should most infants nap after their newborn phase is over? So this is where it's interesting. Around four months, some babies will start to organize their sleep. Um, they'll start putting together two sleep cycles. I get parents all the time. Yes, my baby sleeps 28 minutes or 30 minutes or 45 minutes. And all of a sudden, look at that, that first nap of the day, they're starting to put two of those together. And now you're getting like an hour, an hour and a half nap. But I'm going to tell you some babies don't do that till quite some time. Um, In my practice with some of my one-on-one clients, I've had eight month olds that are you know, not putting those together all by themselves. So if there's a big range on individual babies who are putting those together, but around four months is when you might start to see you get those longer naps on their own. So, but you still might be having four naps a day at four months, four to five months, and you may still be having like, okay, today bedtime was at 630 and oh, yep, um, tonight, you know, the next day it's at eight o'clock depending on where that last nap landed, right? And so it's not until six months of age, between six and eight, where you actually kind of have a little bit more of a predictable schedule, um, where it's like an hour, an hour and a half nap in the morning, an hour and a half to two hour nap in the afternoon, and a little 30-minute top-off, which is usually about two to two and a half hours before bedtime asleep. So I would say six months is when you can kind of go, ooh, things are getting a little more predictable. Prior to six months, you still may have quite a bit of fluctuation. However, some babies are really scheduled already. Some babies just aren't there yet. So it's not until you see six months of age that you start to see some consistency across the board. And what about when you're starting to approach the one-year mark? So at six months, you're usually on three naps. And then somewhere around nine months, hopefully it's not too much before nine months, could be in the eight-month mark, they'll start to drop that third nap. So what's crazy about that is, so now you're on a two-nap schedule, which would mean you would want to be able to have four hours between last nap and bedtime. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you that probably at 10 months, uh, they're not ready for four hours between last nap and bedtime. So it's a really hard time. Whenever they go through a transition from four naps to three, then they've got to be able to stay awake now somewhere like two, two and a half hours. When they go from three naps to two, ultimately by the time they're 12 months, they'll be able to go that four hours between last nap and bedtime, but not necessarily right when they drop that nap. So that's why it's really hard, that transition 
from three naps to two. When we come back, we will continue our discussion about nap transitions in the first year. We'll be right back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the show. We are talking with Jen Varela, Certified Gentle Sleep Coach. Jen, let's talk strategies. How do we make each transition easier on both baby and mom? Yes. So first you have to take on courage, right? <laughs> Naps, N-A-P-S. It could be a four-letter word, right? So, it is a four-letter so, word. Yeah, it really is. Right? Okay. So when you have a little one who's starting to make that transition, you'll know uh, because you can't get them to give you that third nap anymore. Like it, it doesn't matter what you do, you can't get it. So you might need to be a little bit flexible knowing that Some days you might be on the old schedule and some days you might be on the new schedule, right? So some days it might be a three nap day. Some days it might be a two nap day. So you got to kind of read your little one a little bit. And I do find that keeping a sleep log when they're in these transitions can really help you because it's so hard to remember (laughs) what, what happened 48 hours ago. And so I think it's, it's valuable to be able to keep a, keep a log and you need to plan your wake windows. So Here's the deal. When they go from three naps to two, that doesn't necessarily mean they can go four hours between last nap and bedtime. So reality is somewhere in the day, the numbers are not going to match up. Somewhere in the day, they're going to be overtired <laughs> and there's going to be cortisol, right? So you want to do your best to not have that happen at bedtime because that can have an effect on increased number of night awakenings and early rising. So I say if you're going to have to have that window that's not matching up, then have it be in the middle of the day, not at the end of the day when they're really overtired. And so that might mean that you try and extend naps where you can. So example being that morning nap when they're making that transition, they might still give you three and a half hours combined nap total. So maybe an hour and a half in the morning and then a two hour in the afternoon. So you you may look at trying to extend that morning nap to get to an hour and a half. So if you have a little one who always wakes at an hour, you plant yourself right next to where they're sleeping. And as soon as they stir, you snatch them up. And however you can get them back to sleep, I'm good with it. Rock them, nurse them, hold them, wear them, (laughs) you know, stroller them. So extending naps can really help to get things kind of on the right track, especially trying to get that anchor nap, that morning nap in place. And so what about those times when you just, you have to go somewhere, you have to put them in the car and it's literally a 15 minute drive and they fall asleep and you get home and that's it. That's it for the day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're crabby, you're crabby. So how do we overcome those issues? Right. You mean you can't, you can't just stay at home all day (laughs) and make it all about naps? Alas, I wish I could. (laughs) It makes life feel a little small sometimes, right? When we're so focused on trying to get naps. And it does create a lot of anxiety too, because you feel like, oh no, that nap didn't go well. And so that means the rest, you know, like you start anticipating that things are going to be rough. So I I get it. So often I will say, you know, well, first of all, the 
The car is the least ideal place to nap them just from the standpoint of safety, right? Because it's the least safe place we can probably be. But I recognize that there's even a lot of moms who use the car to get a nap, right? So I'm going to say if you're coming home from that fun sign language class or that music class or swim class and yep, here they are, they fall asleep. I would try and plan those outings around knowing that they probably will fall asleep in the car on the way home at the right window. So example being typically 11 o'clock, 11.30 is no man's land. That's like you can't win either way if your baby falls asleep at 11.30. So with the right wake window. So it might be that you hang out at that location (laughs) until you get something closer to the appropriate time to take the nap, right? And then they fall asleep in the car. You might need to find a shady place and take a book and sit in the back seat of the car with your baby and in, enjoy a little quiet time. Or if your baby, if you park the car, you jump in the back seat and maybe you take the baby out of the car seat and you start nursing them down, right? So that you can extend the sleep just in the car in your arms. So you may have to get a little intentional about where you, or like when you get in the car. And then the other thing is too, there are some kids you can totally mess with them for one day and then you get back on track the next and they're all good. So, you know, some babies are a little more flexible and maybe you just have to take a look at, well, how many times a week can you do that without having your baby get overtired? So you might have a little one that can go with a little less combined nap total and you're fine. Or you can get a little 30 minute nap at the end of the day just to protect that window between last nap and bedtime, even though they might be a little bit short on combined nap. So, Again, keeping a log will help you know what what can your baby do because some babies are pretty flexible. Some babies are not. And I know you, Sunny, you have a full house just like me. You, you have four. I have three. Yes. And um, I know you kind of touched on it and you're going to explain nap strikes a little bit. But I, I mean, I don't – I remember times when we just could not get the baby to sleep. And I just like no – rocking nothing was working and i was like well are they teething no they're not teething um you know and it's like are they overstimulated you know so there's just times where they just won't do it no matter what you do so i don't know how we how do you overcome those kind of moments jen well so one one way to look at it too is so when they're little right so we're going to say under under a year so we're not talking about toddlers yet if when they're little I always say short naps equals short wake windows. So if you get one of those little snap naps, you know, kind of crap naps, you know, they're like 30 minutes, then you may need to watch that 90 minute window again to see if you can get them another little short nap that then kind of bolsters them up, right? And a lot of the books will say that you want stationary naps because that's the most restorative. And so that's where you'll get you know, you're putting a little baby in, in their own separate little sleep space and they won't go down. And I'm going to tell you that a movement nap is going to be more restorative than no nap, right? So I'm all for assisted naps. So if you were to look at when should they be able to do it all by themselves? Yeah, as we get to eight months, we should definitely be seeing some stationary naps that they can do on their own. But as the day progresses, naps are harder to get. So I think a lot of moms have this expectation that they should be, you know, naps in the crib stationary. And I'm going to say, well, you maybe you need to wear them, you know? That's a really good point, yeah. Because that was one way we could only get one of our kids to sleep was baby wearing. Yep. 
and I'm, it's all good. Do it. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, however, there's a whole nother level of nap striking that happens with toddlers. And I'll just touch on it so that if, you know, if that becomes an issue, then you guys can know that, oh, okay, I haven't lost my mind. And I know, Sunny, we did a, a podcast on this. It was called Toddler Naps, Do's and Don'ts. And I really go over a lot about the nap striking. So if parents have more interest on that topic, um, they can go and listen to that whole podcast. But basically, it's usually about the time that they're in a language burst. So somewhere around 18 months where they can really understand pretty much everything, but that doesn't necessarily mean they can articulate everything they're understanding. And so they might even be popping out words here and there you weren't expecting. And it's like, oh, look at that. And when they get frustrated, right, they throw a little tantrum because they're frustrated because you're not understanding what they're saying. And then all of a sudden, mom and dad change their answer. And so these little toddlers become so like, yes, I'm in charge. I can throw a tantrum and get mom to change her answer, right? And so they are pretty focused and determined. And so they may choose to go, I don't want to take a nap. There's so many other things I want to do. And that's when you might start to see some nap striking. That does not necessarily mean that your baby's done having naps. So I get a lot of people, yep, that was like right near two, we stopped napping. I'm like, no, I think they went on a nap strike. (laughs) So there are strategies that you can do when when you have um, toddlers in order to save that nap. So the Wonder Weeks book is great because it really will help you know what's the next developmental leap that's coming and kind of help you be aware of how um, that might be affecting the nap situation. I feel like I am like the nap enforcer. I am like <laughs> when they when my kids get to that two to three year old age and they go on these nap strikes, I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, you are not giving up this nap. This is my freedom. And you are going to lay back down. My, my girls did that. Um, it was right around two. I think they were just, yeah, just just about two. They're two and a half now. And they went through this whole thing. First of all, it was like climbing out of the crib and all that kind of stuff. And I just figured out a way to maneuver their crib so they couldn't climb out. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is happening and you are staying in there and I cannot deal with no children napping in this house. So you are in there and you're going to stay in there until I deem otherwise. (laughs) You are truly the enforcer. I am because it's my sanity. It's not just about the kids. It's totally my sanity. Yes, I agree. And I will tell you too that it's a tricky one when they go from two naps to one, Um, especially when you have like daycare situations where they want to move them into that next room because they're over a year and they want to put them down to one nap. And honestly, (laughs) it's more, again, about the awake windows that when they're maybe they could go with less sleep, but they but the distance between last nap and bedtime, especially. So a lot of times on daycare, they'll want to go to like one nap and it'll be like starting at 12. Right. And so, yes, they have good sleep pressure. It's good for daycare. They sleep. But even if they took a two hour nap, right, they're done with their nap at two Right. And so if we're trying to keep it at a four hour window, well, your baby's going to have to go to bed at six. And, yeah, that's a long and time. if they're going to give you 11 hours, your day starts at five. Right. So I find that um, you really want to try and keep two naps as long as possible. And ideally something closer to between 15 and 18 months. So what if I go over a couple of things to know, like, how do you know 
that they're ready to go to a one nap schedule? Uh, yeah, because I'm going through that right now. Give me all of it. <laughs> it's timely. All right. So, um, so there's some signs. One is if your little one is getting between 10 and 11 hours at night of uninterrupted sleep. So you know you're not having night awakening. So there is a correlation between sleep deprivation and increased number of night awakenings and early rising, as well as too large of awake windows can also lead to more night awakenings and early rising. So one of the things I'm always looking at is if you have a little one who can get uninterrupted sleep, 10 to 11 hours, then hmm, maybe that awake window is fine. It's not too long, right? The next one is um, when they start to take longer and longer to fall asleep at their morning nap, right? So they don't seem to have quite enough sleep pressure to take that morning nap. That might be a sign that, yeah, I think we're getting close to a one nap schedule. Or, and or, they, they take shorter morning naps or they sleep too long for a morning nap and then refuse an afternoon nap. So when you start seeing like, yeah, we're getting like a 30 minute nap in the morning, but they're still giving you an afternoon nap that probably means it's coming pretty soon. If they start giving you like a two-hour nap in the morning and then they won't give you an afternoon nap, this is when it might be time to take a look at kind of adjusting their schedule so you don't have too big of a wake window. And I usually like to see it over like 10 to 14 days where you've seen these fluctuations. So again, keeping a log and going, okay, over the last two weeks, have we had these patterns? Then you can go, okay, It's time to force the change, basically, and make the shift so that they're having one nap that probably starts somewhere between 1230 and 1.30. So when should a parent seek help from a sleep professional or a medical professional if their child's sleep is just not regulating, it's disruptive, and it's unhealthy? So I'm always first... First, first, first is the pediatrician, right? So if you're like, so if there's things like your baby snores, babies shouldn't be snoring. If, if your baby's snoring, you, you, need to, you need to see your doctor. If they're getting in their little and they're getting less than nine hours in a 24 hour, I think you need to go see your doctor because you want to make sure what's going on, that there isn't some kind of uh, medical reason for that to be happening. Um, I've had one restless leg syndrome um, baby in my practice, which leads to early rising and increased night awakenings. So interesting. So it wouldn't even matter how much you try to do something on structure or whatever. They're going to still have these night awakenings. So if you're having really interrupted sleep at night and it's not related to a developmental milestone or defeating, I would definitely consult your pediatrician. Also, if you're looking at like night weaning. Um, you really want to ask your doctor, how many hours can your baby go between feeds? Not, not can my baby sleep through the night? Because if they say, oh, your, your baby can go eight hours, well, you're still going to have a night feed. Because when I look at night sleep, I'm looking something like 11 hours or, or more. So those, those kinds of health reasons are definitely things that you would want to see your pediatrician about. But let's say you've got the green light and now you're at a place where it's like, okay, so I think I need some help. With regards to sleep coaching, I recommend that you get past that four to five month old developmental milestone and that you're somewhere closer to six months of age where you can see that they can go two, two and a half hours between last nap and bedtime and you want some help, then I think that's a great window to start looking at maybe hiring a sleep coach to help you. And if you're not clear on what method you should use, because temperament is a huge factor in learning how to self-soothe. 
So there are some methods that are a better fit for certain temperaments and a, and a sleep coach should be able to help you figure that out. And then I would say, if you've tried to teach your baby how to self-soothe and it's not working, then call one of us. <laughs> we can help you. So I, I would say if you've given it a, if you've given it a good go and it's, and it's not coming together, then, then a sleep coach can really help you take a look at what's the, what's the missing piece and how can we get you there? All right. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for being on the show and sharing your knowledge about nap transitions with baby. And for our Newbies Club members, our conversation will continue at the end of the show as Jen will share the very important distinction between sleep training and sleep shaping. For more information about the Newbies Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. So before we wrap up our show, we have a baby oops segment that we're going to do. This is where you guys share your interesting, funny, you know, stories of you and your baby and crazy things that have happened that first year when we're all sleep deprived. And this one comes from Jamie. And Jamie writes into us. She says, The first night we had our little one at home, my husband and I were sleeping and our little one was in a bassinet next to our bed. Well, around six in the morning, I heard a baby crying and I thought I was dreaming. (laughs) I nudged my husband and asked if he heard a baby crying and he said, oh, yeah, Xander. And she says, I completely forgot I had had a baby and the baby was right there next to me crying. And so it's funny. It's but it takes us a while to kind of like adapt to the fact that we have this little child, especially if it's your first baby, right? And you've got to care for this baby. And I love, I don't know if you guys have had this in other situations where, you know, it, it happens a lot with alarm clocks, right? Where, you know, you know, something is like you're dreaming about something and your body doesn't like wake up to actually do it. Like, oh, wake up and, you know, attend to an alarm clock or whatever. And you just incorporate it into your dreams. And it sounds like, <laughs> sounds like that's exactly what this mama did. She's like, oh, baby crying. What's, you know, and she worked it into her dream instead of getting up and taking care of her baby. So we've all been there, done that. All right. Thanks so much for sending this in. If you guys have a baby oops you want us to read on the show, send it to us. You can do so through our website at newmommymedia.com. Just click the contact link and send it that way or send us a voicemail through the website and uh, we'll get it on a future show. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, parent savers for moms and dads with toddlers, the boob group for moms who give breast milk to their babies, and twin talks for parents and multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? 
We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.